Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the fourth day of the week in God's created order. Wednesday, December 20th, 2023rd year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning to fellowship in your word. Pray, Heavenly Father, that you open up our hearts to the things that we continue to study. Show us the deep things that, and even the small things, the shallow things, all the full counsel of your word. Be with the speaker and be with the hearers today. In these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We, a little, a little change up coming in for the new year. Um, and we're, we're, Pulling back, uh, sliding back a little bit. I still love George. See George on, um, on worthynews.com in the morning. His, his, um, commentaries, his news is great. Still, still with him. But, um, in the morning, I want to cut things down to about 30 minutes. I, I try to do a 30 minute cutoff on that for one. And as we come into our study today, we we are studying Matthew 22, and the spirits had uh, yesterday a crash and burn. I had that airplane and afterburner and went straight into the ground. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm sure there are points in the spirits spirit can use that. But um, one of the things uh, I went and visited Tim, Pastor Tim, over the over the weekend, and. And he asked me, he, he was, he's saying he was waiting with bated breath for, uh, uh, for me to define the kingdom. And, um, and I, I, I got to thinking, do I even know what the kingdom is? And have I actually, have I actually put it together? And sometimes when you're looking at the Bible, when you're studying the Bible, you gotta remember that, um, to remember the things you must remember, uh, things you've learned in the past and put it all together. The entire counsel of God's word. It's not broken up. And so, uh, as, as I was going about my day yesterday, I was, um, after the plane crash yesterday, I was working, okay, let's put this together. And it's really not that hard. So I want to, um, I want to, uh, this morning, I want to, to, uh, go back. I want to, really set up a foundation in our minds what the kingdom is, what the, uh, at a subject of the kingdom and, and not go through all of its detail. Another thing that I think that, that we do, we, we look at the church and we say, where does the church fit in? What, how does this apply to me? Um, what, how, what does this say to me and where I'm at and where we're going and stuff? Um, we must look at as Becca mentioned yesterday, because she helped me a great deal on this as well, we got to remember who we're talking to, and we got to remember there's perspective. What what when Jesus talked about the kingdom of heaven, what are these guys talking? Not what we are thinking in perspective of the church, but what these high priests and others, the people of that time, were looking at um, in that defining term. So we're going to define the term today. Uh, if if I were to go and I want to start at the destination where we're going, because if I was to, if I were to start if I were to go on a trip, now let's I get the wife and the kids, 
We got little kids running around. We got the wife and the kids. I said, let's go. And we get in the car, um, and we start it up, and we start down the road. The first question my wife is going to ask me is, where are we going? But if we've done all that, and we're on the road, and the engine's going, and we're going forward, we must be going somewhere. It's obvious. So we must understand when, we, when we're looking at the king, where are we going? What's our destination? And our destination, the destination, the shalom, the peace, the rest, we find in Second Peter 3.13. And Second Peter 3.13 says, But according to his promises, we are looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteous dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of the Lord as salvation. And um, so what is the saint's ultimate destination? When I use the term saint, I, it is those who are in Christ, those who are in the Lord, believers, those who have been redeemed, those who have been deemed righteous and um so what's the ultimate destination it's a new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells and obviously for the benefit of the kingdom now crowd those that say we are living in the kingdom we're not yet there we're not at our destination but we're going for what has to happen prior to coming to this ultimate destination Second Peter 3.10 But the day of the Lord will come like a thief in which the heavens will pass away with a roar and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat and the earth and its works will be burned up. Did that happen yet? No, it didn't. So we, we are not living in that ultimate kingdom. We are not living in the kingdom yet. And... um so since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So, uh, coming back, let's, let's do this. So, we're looking at the ultimate destination, second, and, um, and second Peter 3.13. And where there's a new heavens, new earth, where righteous dwells. And we'll say it's right there in this on to eternity. In this, in this place, David, uh, or is they, the son of David is ruling. And, um, it is our eternal destiny of those who have received the free gift of salvation. Those who have, re- those who have received the righteousness of God will come to experience and enjoy the kingdom of God forever. And um, we read this passage before as well, Revelation 22, 1 through 7. Here it is, that eternal kingdom. This is what we are looking forward to. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of the street on either side. Um, of the river was a tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, bearing its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There will be no longer any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. 
and his bondservants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no longer any night, and they will not have any need for light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. One contrast that we will speak of is the what Jesus warns of these chief priests. See, here we're talking about a kingdom of light where there's no longer any darkness. But Jesus talked about those, the, the man in that parable in 22 when he's, um, where he doesn't have the right garment, and we'll get back to that, that he was cast out. He was chained and cast out into the outer darkness. So he's, he's not going to be in this kingdom of light at all. Okay. So, and, um, let's, let's read on with this. There's, uh, let's read on from, from there. Um, and they will reign forever and ever. And he said to me, these words are faithful and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets sent his angel to show his bondservants the things which must soon take place. And behold, I'm coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the words of the prophecy of this book. And this word here is makarios. You know that word, don't you? It'll make us smiling. Makarios is pertaining to being happy, of enjoying favorable circumstances. Happy. It's, it's a, it's an emotional. We could say emotion. This is, um, gleeful. We're happy. We're, there is a joyful countenance within our hearts. Yes, we can equate this to be an emotion. For those who anticipate this, even in this life, we see this in Matthew chapter 5. Blessed, happy are those who are poor in spirit. Blessed, happy are those who are mourned. Because there's a personal sense of destiny. There is, there is something, there's something ahead. There's something that, of great anticipation. Um, we're those of us who are expecting this kingdom, and we know that we are inherited, that we have an inheritance within this kingdom, that we will be in this kingdom, that um, this kingdom is ours, that there's a better day ahead. Not just because we believe it, but because by the authority of God, we can anticipate this, expect it for us in the future. Okay, so, as we, as we come back to, let's see, come back to our, so, we've got this, uh, we've got the first line, and that's etern, that's the end destination, that's where our shalom, peace, or irene come from. This is, we, we're expecting it, it's going to be that eternal, Revelation 22, uh, and the, and eternity is not up, Eternity, when we talk about eternity, is not a place of a whole bunch of time. We're talking about no time. The commodity of time has ran out. And this is our, um, this is our, um, how do you call it? Our existence, uh, our perpetual existence right there in this, this wonderful abode and forever and ever and ever 
on into the eternal future. They'll be, we'll be continually learning the depths of, the depths of God, never ever coming to its end and, and always learning something new. Wow. Wow. All right. A part of this kingdom, however, is the front porch. And this front, I will call it the front porch. It's not my designation, someone else's. Um, but this front porch is the 1,000. It begins with, it, it begins at the end of the seven year tribulation. When, uh, at the day of the Lord, that the Lord will establish or, or his throne will be established in Jerusalem. And this will be and this is the part of the eternal structure. In this period, in this period of time, there will still be rebellion. There will still be those that will choose against God. And they will continue to choose against. Now this is going to be a reign. Jesus Christ is going to reign over the earth. Um, during this time, there, uh, the expected kingdom of Daniel, Chapter nine, um, that's going to be established here. The and um, the the end of the end of the transgression is uh, at the end of that. It's going to be the beginning of that one thousand years with Jesus Christ ruling. There's going to be a um, there is going to be a condition of harmony that he's going to rule with an iron rod, his iron scepter. This iron scepter means that there is no there is no gray area to justice. It means that those who commit crime where there is perfect justice, that perfect justice will prevail and there will be consequences. Man's heart will still lead man man's heart will still be as it was as it says in Genesis chapter eight, that is from birth. Wicked, as it is in Jeremiah, I believe in Jeremiah seventeen, uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine, just off the top of my head, that man's heart is definitely wicked. Well, there it's going to be proving the same in the millennial in that, that millennial reign. This millennial, this one thousand years is going to be compared to David, King David's. Reign. By the way, King David will be sitting on the throne. His he will be resurrected. Those kings. Throughout, they will be resurrected. They will be in Israel. There's going to be uh, 12 tribes of Israel, uh, or 12 tribes. They're going to be ruled by those apostles, the promises made to them. And um, in Matthew 5, 14, and 16, or I'm sorry, in Matthew 19, 28, it's going to be the bright, bright shining city in Matthew. 5, 14, 16, uh, Jerusalem. Wow. So many. Um, so many things in that time. And, um, so let, let me get my, let me get my bearings back again. Alright, so, 1000 years is characterized by the kingdom of from heaven, which is an earthly administration ruled by a heavenly administrator. The bright shining city on the hill is Jerusalem, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. And there the resurrected David will rule, while his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, will rule over the, 
dominion to fulfill what was wrote in Genesis 1, 26 to 28, where it reads, uh, okay, I'm not going to read that right now. So, um, and, well, yeah, let's, let's do that. Genesis 1, 26 and 28. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, behold, I have given you every plant. Um, Okay, and then, then it goes on. So, God, what it was that God had given man the dominion rule. Adam and his wife was to rule over this earth. And, um, and that, when Adam failed, when that first Adam failed, it brought the curse in and Satan steps in. Satan steps in to fill that void. And later on, it was uh, the establishment of the Elohim over geographical areas um, of this world. And I believe that there's ge- Satan along with these um, these fa- the failed administration of these um, the powers of the air that they are going to be sentenced to the abyss. I know certainly Satan is and uh, and for a thousand years they're going to be subdued and to fill that void as they filled the void over Adam's failed administration, once again, what God had purposed, he's going to bring back to his full, full, um, full conclusion. And that the last Adam, along with his bride, that's the resurrected church, um, that the church, um, you and I, to fulfill what we see in Revelation 22, uh, no, Revelation 226. He overcomes, and he keeps my deeds until the end. To him I will give authority over nations, and he shall rule with a rod of iron. As the vessels of potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my father. And this truly is the millennial age, since when, when we're talking about a new heaven, new earth, where righteousness dwells. You know, so we're looking at the front porch again, that, that, um, that place where, so things begin right here with the, and that would be the end of Daniel's 70th week. Let's, let's, let's go to Daniel 9.24. As we've mentioned before that this would be the anticipation. And this is what is understood by the Leaders, the, the Jews and the leaders of um, Israel, this is when when they speak of the kingdom, this is what they're thinking of. This is what the the apostles were thinking of, the disciples, when they came to Jesus prior to his ascension into heaven and saying, is it time for you to restore the kingdom to Israel? This is what they're thinking of. They're thinking of this front porch. And um, when the transgressions of Israel, their sin is is blotted out. Daniel nine twenty four. 
70 weeks. And this is the angel talking to, angel Gabriel talking to Daniel. 70 weeks have been decreed for your people and for the holy city. And this is 70, a week is a, a period of, it's, in the Greek it's a septat. Um, it's, it's a unit of seven. It doesn't have to be days. In this case, it's years. 70, uh, 77 periods, uh, seven, 77 periods. So 70 weeks have been decreed for your people, for your holy city, to finish your transgression, to make an end of sin, to make an atonement for iniquity, to bring in the everlasting righteousness to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. But prior to the, um, prior to the, the establishment of the day of the Lord, prior to his wrath coming, that great and terrible day of the Lord, there's going to be a showdown between the Antichrist and the Christ. Um, and that's what the remaining, I'll, I'll go ahead and rem, uh, read this remaining. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of the decree to restore the and rebuild the Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza moat, the rebuilding of the temple, even in the times of distress. Then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. This is our Lord Jesus Christ when he is cast out. Um, when he was crucified, he didn't even have a loincloth. Um, they, they took everything. He died naked on a cross. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with the flood. Even to the end, there will be war and desolations and deter- are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. That's the tribulation. That's those seven years. But in the middle of the week, um, three and a half, three and a half years into it, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering. And on the wing of abomination will come the one who makes desolate. This is the Antichrist. We'll see this during the odd discord. We'll, we'll get more into depth on this. Even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. So the one it is our Lord Jesus Christ that's going to overcome that. So it's going to be at the end of this that Jesus is going to to rise up above it. He is going to take his throne and he will be the ruler. He is the son of David. That's why he's called the son of David. And so once again, just as a recap, first of all, our destination is a place of uh, uh, the kingdom of God is the place of no more or no more sorrow no more tears um the place where um righteousness dwells okay um by that time the all sin will be accounted for the rebellion will be put down and there will be harmony between god and his creation so in our passage and others relate to the kingdom we must first look Past the church again. Set aside the church. That set up is it confuses me. I don't know if if uh, Pastor Tim said he he doesn't have no problem with it, but I have a hard time where to put the church and where the church applies and all that at this point. 
but in context, set aside the church and what you know of the church and um, and see it from the perspective of the people. The Jews were not confused when the king when understanding what the kingdom was and what the kingdom is. This is what drew people down to be baptized by John and when Jesus said this kingdom is at hand, they understood and they were excited and they were they were repenting. They were being baptized to be identified with this kingdom. And um and this is certainly what Nicodemus understood. And John three one through three, when he came to when he came to Jesus, and um, we read, now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. A man came. To, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. And Jesus answered and said to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this is very pertinent to where we are in Matthew 22. Because in Matthew 22, these chief priests believed that they were right with God. They, they looked pretty. They knew the law inside and out. They, they worked hard to make it to their position. They were the, they were the children of Abraham. They knew they had together. They, they, they were assured of their inheritance. They were assured that their, uh, that, uh, that the kingdom belonged to them. Just like Nicodemus did. Nicodemus came at night. So, and I believe this is very much pertinent. That he did not have any good intentions. He was, he was like the rest and he was maybe playing a good cop. Coming to see what he could get Jesus on, indict him on, um, or or to pursue, because you actually need two to indict someone. But I don't think his intentions were honorable when he came to Jesus. I think he was investigating. And then later on, when he, um, but later on, it was in the light that Nicodemus takes the body of Jesus down off the cross. So that's the. So this, in our subject, when we, we talk about Matthew 22, again, Nicodemus had the same heart as the, and the same presuppositions as the high priest. They thought they were safe. And what Jesus is going to tell them is that, um, that you, like that one man that was in that wedding feast, who was bound and thrown out, that's you, buddies. That's you, Nicodemus. That's you, chief priest. Because it don't matter how you're dressed up. It don't matter what you look like. It don't matter if you carry your Bibles to church every day, go to church every day of the week. If you do not have the righteousness of God, all your do-goodism, all your crusaderisms, all your prim and proper attitudes, all of that doesn't mean a hill. Because people like, people like this will be found in hell while your people who are in the drudge of life, the scoundrels and the um, those um, who are living by the seat of their pants will find themselves in heaven. So, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. 
And that's the kingdom that we are looking for. And as the Jews would say to, uh, as their greetings to, and greetings and salutation is shalom, peace, harmony between the creator and his creation. Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Blessed Heavenly Father, for, for your glory, may we walk in it and may we seek out our divine appointments, the people that we meet, the the words that we share with others. May our words be salted with and purified that um, that I, to recognize each of us have a ministry in this time in which we live. So we pray, Heavenly Father, as we close out today. Um, again, bless this day to your glory. And with these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guide, and rapture pending. What is today? Today is Wednesday. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> All right. We don't have nothing tonight, right? All right. We'll see you uh, tomorrow in the a.m. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message previous lessons and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.